everybody. Welcome to episode six of our midweek podcast. I'm Pastor Josh, and today we're continuing our Close Encounter series, and we're looking at the story of the Samaritan woman, the, the woman at the well. You can find the story in John chapter four, verses four all the way to 26. And this is one of those stories that is so, I, thought, I find it very unique. Like here is Jesus, he's in the south in, in Israel, in, the, in southern Israel, and he wants to get back up to the north into his hometown. He wants to go home for a little while. And there's this region in the middle called Samaria. Now, Samaritans and Jews were actually diametrically opposed. Now, these two people have a lot of the same roots, have a lot of the same space, and yet religiously they see things from completely different spaces. And so um, Jews actually considered uh, Samaritans to be this half-breed, this irreligious, weird kind of people. And Samaritans felt the same way about Jews, that they weren't giving them the space that they deserved to actually be a part of the people of God. And so these, these two people are at odds, and they're in conflict with one another. Jesus has to go from southern Israel to northern Israel, and the only way to get there is to bypass this province called Samaria. No Jew was supposed to go through there. Actually, these Samaritans are considered kind of unclean, uh, you know, again, half-breeds. Nobody wants to, you know, deal with them. And yet Jesus, to get from one end of the country to the next, says to his disciples, you know what? We're going to be a bit different. We're not going to bypass. We're going to go right through it. And so he goes right through there, ends up in this town, Sychar, and decides, you know what? I'm thirsty. His disciples go off to find some food, and he ends up at the well at noon in the middle of this town, and this woman comes to draw water. Now, what's so interesting about this particular story is that this woman was supposed to, normally women in a town would go draw water early in the morning so they could use it throughout the day. This woman goes mid-afternoon when nobody is there. And we learn later on the reason why she does that is because her life has been scarred and marred by a particular pattern of trying to find affection and validity in herself through other men. And so Jesus takes time to actually talk to this woman. He knows that she's going to be there. I mean, he's Jesus, obviously. And so he engages her at the well. And at first she's like, I don't know who you are. You're kind of a weird guy. I mean, the very fact that you're here in the middle of the day makes no sense to me. But, you know, you're here. So we'll have a conversation. On top of it all, he's a Jewish man. Uh, and on top of being a Jewish man who wouldn't normally have uh, had anything to do with Samaritans, he's a Jewish man who is talking to a Samaritan woman. That's like... That's very scandalous. And so here Jesus is engaging this woman, and she's kind of talking back because already she's like, well, I'm, I'm already a scandal anyway, so I might as well just talk to this guy. And she begins to talk, and he's asking her for a drink. And eventually he gets to this point where, let me tell you where you can find water where you'll never thirst again from. And she says, well, I'd like to know where that is. And then he says to her, well, you know what? Go find your husband. Go call your husband and come back. Well, she says, well, I, I don't have a husband. And then Jesus looks at her and says, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you're now with is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. And then she goes into this whole thing like, wow, you must be a prophet. And Jesus is like, actually, you know, this whole idea of Messiah, the somebody to, to come and actually uh, save the world, save Israel, save and, you know, everybody, I, that's who I am. 
you're looking at me. You're, I'm the place, I am the well that you can have a drink from where spiritually the hunger that you have, the not hunger, that's the wrong word because obviously we're talking about thirst, but the thirst that you have spiritually, the, the things that, that you've been trying to satisfy yourself with, both religion, men, all of us, you'll never be satisfied. I am the only thing that will ever satisfy you. And this woman has this complete and utter revelation and says, you know what? Wow, this Jesus is amazing. She actually goes into the town later on, back into town, and says, come meet the person that just told me everything I knew about myself. Like, this is this has revolutionized my life. And in the end, all of those people, after meeting Jesus, says, you know what? We're not just convinced by what you said. We're convinced by who this guy is, that he truly is the Savior of the world. The Samaritan woman in this particular story has this close encounter with Jesus that revitalizes her life. And the joy of this particular encounter is that he's speaking to her exactly where she is. You see, the, the incredible part is that Jesus is not scared to speak directly to somebody exactly where they are. He doesn't care. He, he, he doesn't care where he meets them. He's more than happy to meet them, maybe in the most scandalous of settings, in the most scandalous of contexts. He just wants to make sure that they know that he's been pursuing them. And Pastor Marvin goes into a few different uh, points through his sermon that I, th- I think are very helpful for us. First of all, he draws us to this idea of the length that Jesus is ready to go to just for one person. I mean, literally, Jesus could have bypassed Samaria, gone through, done, did what everyone else did, and yet he knew that at noon in Sychar, this woman would be drawing water from a well. And he, he disrupts the lives of his disciples, the, maybe the, 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 the comfortability of his disciples to go through Samaria. He's risking a lot of stuff. He's looking at things from a different perspective. He's, he's even risking his own reputation by going there. And yet he does. He does for the sake of one woman that would respond to the reality that he is the well of living water where she'll never thirst again. He's the cup. He's the, he's the water that she can take, take in. That she'll never thirst again. I mean, it's amazing about the fact that Jesus, the God of the universe, stops in this little town in Samaria for this one woman. And it should really speak to the fact that he exactly has done that for us too. I mean, the very fact that all of us come from different backgrounds, different spaces, different places, different ideologies, and we all have met Jesus. We have all had a close encounter where Jesus pursued us, went through all of the rigmarole, all of the red tape, all of the stuff that maybe, you know, would make other people uncomfortable to get to us. He walks through it all. He gets to it. He he risks it all so that we can ultimately know him in relationship. I mean, it, it's an amazing thing. And it also speaks to the fact that we, as followers of Jesus, then when we're commissioned to go out and to make disciples, really, we should have the same attitude Jesus had. Sometimes we get so caught up in the idea of having numbers, right? Like making sure that there are tons of people that come to know Jesus. And then we feel like failures for the most part because we think, well, you know what? Like I, I can't gather a million people together and preach the gospel. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, thousands of people get saved. I'm not a Billy Graham. I'm not a Reinhard Bonnke. I'm not, a, I'm not one of these evangelist guys. We'll leave that to those people. I'll, I'll, I'll send people to that stuff. But ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm not good at that. And yet... And yet you see in in this particular portion of scripture that Jesus is so intentional to pursue people, even one person, that he will go to to extreme lengths to get to them. 
One person is worth it. And yet in our lives, there are so many people that we come in contact with on a daily basis that the truth of the matter is they are worth it. They are worth pursuing. They are worth going after. They are worth sharing life with. They are worth risking things, maybe even looking uh, poorly with other church people for the sake of seeing them coming to know Jesus. Jesus sets for us an example here that's, that's amazing. And yet it's not only true in our own lives, but it's also an expression of how we are to go out and to share the good news with people, that one person is really worth it, that it's worth going and interrupting your life and the lives of other people for the sake of one person coming to an incredible revelation that Jesus is where they will never thirst again. The second observation Pastor Marvin gets at is that nothing but Jesus will satisfy your deepest longings. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus is saying here, right? Like when he looks at this Samaritan woman, he knows her past. He knows exactly what she has been going through. He knows exactly what she has done. She, he knows where she has been trying to satisfy her thirst. And with what specifically? I mean, here's a woman who literally has been with several men in terms of long-term relationship and the idea ultimately that Jesus is getting at is you've tried to satisfy yourself with things that really can never satisfy you. No man will ever be able to satisfy you. And it, it, it's, it's not just speaking about the daddy issues of this woman or, or, the, or the, the, the reason why she's, she's, she doesn't have uh, validation for herself. It's speaking to the deep soul cravings that we have as people. And the reality is that she's filling it with men. And yet, we all have some kind of craving that needs to be satisfied, a soul craving that needs to be satisfied, and the only thing that can satisfy it is Jesus. And yet, in our world, we try to satisfy it with everything, right? Whether it is tech, or whether it is men, women, whether it is, you know, food. I mean, literally, we all have these spaces inside of our hearts and inside of our souls that need to be satisfied by the only thing that can actually satisfy them with is Jesus. And yet, we're constantly trying to fill that, those holes with things that will never be able to actually satisfy us. So when Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman, he's not only pointing her to the right area, he's showing her that literally you will never be able, ever in your life, to satisfy the thirst that's inside of you outside of me. You can try. You can try to find a bunch of things that will satisfy you. Have fun, though. Like, it, it, if we stay with the thirst theme, you know, it's kind of like playing sports or being active or doing things and knowing that you're thirsty and yet you're reaching for a can of Coke, right? Like, I can't, I can't even tell you how in the 80s and 90s, there were, there, you know, it's, if, if you were alive then. If you weren't alive then, well, they still do it now. How many pop commercials would make the, uh, make the case that if you're thirsty, grab, grab a can of pop. Grab a bottle of pop. I remember in the 90s, there was a basketball player, Grant Hill. And this guy was a phenomenal basketball player. He got hurt eventually. And he did uh, ads for Sprite. Here's this guy rolling around doing his thing, like dunking baskets. And the thing that he grabs to quench his thirst is Sprite? I mean, the only thing that I mean, the reality is, and this is the, the, I think, the genius of marketing, 
in the end, you know that Sprite is not going to satisfy you. And yet, because you see this guy who's got everything, you're going to go grab a Sprite because you think that that's what's going to satisfy you and make you into the superstar athlete that's going to lead you to billions of dollars and the affections of people all around the world. And we know that that's a complete lie, but we buy into it. And it's the same thing in our spiritual lives, right? The reality is that we know that there is something, like we, we all have these cravings. We have these soul cravings, these, these spaces where we know we're thirsty. We know that we need something to quench the thirst, and yet we're grabbing all kinds of different things that the world tells us is good, you know, with, with good advertising. Oh, you know, well, if, if you just have a million relationships, you'll, you'll be satisfied. If you just find that right person, you'll be satisfied. If you just have enough food, you'll be satisfied. If you have this kind of food, or, or if you spend enough time on your phone, you'll be satisfied. Like, like we, we believe in counterfeits all of the time that don't actually quench our thirst. It's like drinking, it's like drinking Sprite when really all you need is some water. And Jesus ultimately is saying to this woman, look, you've tried to satisfy your, yourself with a million things. The only thing that can satisfy you is me. And that is, is true for us as well. And so I think this is a great reminder for people that are following Jesus, that over time, as we follow Jesus, we get to points, I think in our lives where you know, we know that Jesus is good, right? It's, it's stable. It's consistent like water. You, you know what I mean? Like water is just a staple. It's, it's amazing. It's good. And yet we begin to kind of venture out to, because we know there are other things that taste that, that, that you know, might have a, a bit of flavoring or a, a different flavor. We want something a bit different. And yet the reality is if you just stick with water, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be satisfied. You're going to make sure that, you know, you don't have a bunch of health problems. And so if you're a follower of Jesus today, look, listen, if, if there's anything I can encourage you with, Jesus is literally the only thing that's going to satisfy you. I know it's tempting. You know, I have felt that as well to, to go find things that might, you know, give us a different flavor or, 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 or meet us in a different space. And yet the reality is the only thing that will ever give you consistency and health, and leave you satisfied, is Jesus. So don't buy into the counterfeits. Don't buy into even the fact that things like, you know, if, if, you, just, if you just do more Christian things, that's going to satisfy you. Christian things don't satisfy you. Jesus satisfies you. And through the outflow of your heart, your satisfaction in Jesus, then you can go do other things with other people, and it, and it can be fantastic and good. But lots of times what we get, the trap, especially for followers of Jesus, is if I just listen to more Christian music, if I just am more into the subculture, if I just go to church more, if I just do all these things, uh, then all of a sudden I'll be satisfied. And yet the reality is church and Christian bookstores and Christian material and Christian worship songs, if they are not, if, if you're going after the medium specifically and not after Jesus, then all of those things will ultimately leave you dissatisfied. And I really believe that's why there's a lot of Christians that, you know, will go to church and just be like, ah, you know, church, it didn't do it for me. Or, oh, I read this book. That was all right. Or, you know, oh, I, I listened to this worship song. It was a nice song. But there's something missing. And ultimately, it's because the only thing that can satisfy you is not a style of, of music. It's not a particular preacher. It's not a, a type of church. I mean, all of those things play to your preferences, and I, and I get that. But ultimately, the only thing that's going to ground you, the only thing that's going to keep you centered, the only thing that is actually going to satisfy you is 
Jesus. Pastor Marvin then goes into a, a, a third point. And he, he, so we, we learn three things about this living water. First of all, we learn that it's a gift. Right? Jesus says that the, the water that he's willing to give this woman is a gift. If you knew the gift of God, he says, in this particular portion of Scripture. At the end of the day, this, this water is, is not something that you can purchase or figure out a way to manipulate out of the hands of Jesus. He's literally holding it out to you saying, here it is. And we live in this world where we, we're, we're, we're suspect of things that are so good and free at the same time, you know? Like we're like, is that really that good? That, you know, it's, it's a free gift? Are, are we sure? Because everything that's free comes with a catch, doesn't it? And unfortunately, that has, has seeped its way into our, our spiritual psyche. Like we, we actually sometimes, I don't think, believe that what Jesus has for us is, is not only free, but it's great, it's good, it's the best thing you could get because we, we, we don't want to get played. And yet... One thing that we learn about this, this gift of living water where we'll never be thirsted, uh, we'll never thirst again, where we'll always be satisfied, is that it's an incredible gift from God to us through Jesus. Secondly, Jesus goes after the, the reality that springs of water are inside of the people that are connected to him. That ultimately, now that we have the Spirit inside of us, people that say yes to Jesus, the Spirit comes and inhabits into them, and there's a spring of water now inside of them that they never have to kind of wonder whether or not it will ever go empty. Like there is a continual source inside of you and I through the Spirit of God that leads us to be able to be people that are satisfied, that are content, Right? That's the joy of being a follower of Jesus is that you and I don't ever have to wonder where we're going to find our source. We're centered. We have the very spring inside of us where we can find our source at all time. The Spirit is there constantly, continually, if we are willing to listen and to obey and to run towards and to lean into the, the Spirit is the spring that is continually feeding us with this living water that should satisfy us. Lots of time, it's, it's us. It's our, own, it's our own hesitancy. It's our own trust issues. It's our own stuff that actually chops off the spring or puts a dam there and doesn't allow the spring of the Spirit to, to flow into the, every aspect of our lives, to leave us satisfied in every aspect of our lives. And so it's so important that we, that we actually deal with the issues of our heart. We allow the Spirit to show us what those issues are so that that spring from the Spirit from within us can actually flow into every area of our being where we can be satisfied in everything that we do, everything that we're a part of, and in who we are as people in Christ. I mean, that, that's an amazing truth. And then lastly, that... All of this is not, this, this, this well, this spring, it, it's not just for right now, that it wells up to eternal life. That there's an eternal purpose to this whole thing. That, the, that there's a dimension of this, this being satisfied in Christ that is pointing to, towards the ultimate satisfaction of always being satisfied in Jesus for all eternity because of what he has done in us and how he's going to lead us to eternal life. And at that point in our resurrection bodies and a new heaven and a new earth, our satisfaction will be complete all of the time. It's, 
it's really a demonstration. It's really a foreshadowing, this idea of springs of living water that is satisfied in this life. It's, it's a foreshadow of what satisfaction, of what completeness, of what contentment in God looks like in the next life. And so this idea of eternal life, I mean, we love to talk about eternal life, like once I die, I'm in my eternal life. Listen, eternal means forever, means there is no time limit on it. Thus, the minute you say yes to Jesus, your eternal life begins. Right? Right now, 2018, we are part of eternity. It's, you know, it's, it, 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 it's limited to this particular moment, time, and space for us, past, present, future. But when we're talking about eternity... An eternal life begins the day you say yes to Jesus. It's not like once you die, all of a sudden eternity starts. Eternity has already started. God is already in all of the details of what eternity looks like. For you, though, the day you say yes to Jesus, your eternal life has started. And so when we talk about this idea of living water and never thirsting again, it's actually a foreshadow to what we are going to experience not only in the next life, but right now. We can be satisfied. We can feel contentment. Yeah, sure, right now in this life, there's going to be struggle. There's going to be tension. There's going to be all that. But it doesn't mean that you don't experience it. But we will fully experience it in the next life, and someday when Jesus returns to rule and reign as king, we will experience it permanently forever. This, however you cut this, this is an amazing story. It's a story that should encourage us. It's a story that should absolutely cause us to understand that when you have a close encounter with Jesus, it literally changes everything. And for this woman, it did. It changed everything. It changed everything the very fabric, not only of her heart, not only of her life, but also of the community that surrounded her. I mean, they actually saw so much change in her that it caused them to become curious about her claims about Jesus because she just seemed so stable, so sure. And so as you're walking out your faith, as you're thinking through what does it mean to follow Jesus, what I would encourage you with this week is to really have a close encounter with Christ that leads you to begin to ask the question, am I really satisfied? What is it in your life that's actually holding you back from experiencing the complete satisfaction that you could have in Jesus? What is the dam that is stopping the flow of this well, the spring of living water flowing out from the Spirit into every fabric of your life? Is it a trust issue? Is it something that you have never dealt with? Is it something that you seem to not be able to get over? I mean, the joy with the Spirit is that He's wanting to lead you to these incredible spaces. And so what I would say to you is to actually be sensitive this week to the Spirit as He's leading you there. Secondly, if, if you're listening to this and you've never, you've never even thought about Jesus or or maybe you're, you've started coming to Elam and you're like, I, I, I really don't know about this whole church thing. Uh, like, wh- what, what is the difference that Jesus makes? Well, this is an incredible story that really, really is about you. 
Because at the end of the day, have you not tried to satisfy that craving in your soul for something? You know that there's something bigger than you. You know that, there's a, that, that there is some kind of power in the universe. You know that there's something outside in this cosmic universe that is drawing you. I mean, there's this higher power that is, that is literally leading you towards something. What, what I want to tell you is that is God. That is the God of the Bible. That's the God uh, that I know and love very much. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you've probably been trying to satisfy this craving in your soul for years and nothing has been able to do it. Jesus is literally the very water that is going to scratch the itch, that is going to quench your thirst, that is going to absolutely satisfy the hunger inside. So I would encourage you, keep exploring, keep looking at this from various angles, ask questions, get connected with people at our church. I'm telling you... I promise you, if you explore down this road, I you will see how incredible and how beautiful Jesus is. And for those that are following Jesus already, may that that those comments be a, a reminder to you about how great and how awesome Christ is, and that maybe you've been drifting off, you've been prone to wander, as you know the great hymn writer says. But would God take our hearts and seal them for His glory and His name, and man. Jesus literally is the only thing that can satisfy. So as a small group, I would encourage you, get the questions. You can find them on the elamchurch.podbean.com website. Also, you can download this particular podcast on iTunes. Uh, You can get all the links. If you go to elamchurch.ca, you'll find it there under small groups. We are so thankful that you're taking the time to actually listen to this. I hope you have a great week and that you understand that the only satisfaction in life, the only thing that will satisfy the thirst that you have is Jesus. Have a great day.